live on air. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Sidelines. My name is Courts. I'm here with my man. As has it going uh, there, Cordo? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I know we keep starting every episode the same, which is some variation of lockdown, but I feel like it's gone nuclear this week. Yeah, it's a bit more intense this week. <laughs> For most of you, you would know. For those of you outside the Victorian bubble, you've probably seen in the news. But essentially, we've got to wear a mask. We pretty much well have to have permission to fart. Uh, you can't look at anyone. You can't be near anyone. Can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's yard time. Yeah. The only thing that I feel like that we've got next is that like maybe Morgan Freeman will start narrating my life as I do stuff, like straight out of Shawshank. <laughs> maybe that'll give it some interest. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we are here legally. You've got a, a work permit to be at my residence, a location of our studio. Yes. In case anyone from the Victorian police, government, uh, anyone at DHS, Business Victoria, Premier's Department is listening. <laughs> We're on the list. This is allowed. Back off. <laughs> Don't mess with our freedom. All right, mate. So, well, look, now that we are locked down beyond all comprehension and we're all pretty much just sitting around doing stuff, I think the peeps like it when we, we get into the pop culture world. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, there is no better time than to ever embark on going through a lot of the film, you know, trilogies, quadrilogies. Minimalities, <laughs> whatever they're called, when there's a shitload of films that are tied into one. So, yes. Um, so I started on a bit of an interesting one. I went to uh, Harry Potter. There's a Ooh. lot of films in that. Yeah. Every alpha male's secret love, Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. People pretend they can hate on it, but everybody saw it. Yeah. Deep down, you all want to be a fucking wizard and you love the idea of going to a school with, you know, yeah, with it all happening. But I will be honest, this time I watched it a bit. I oh, know a few things have become a bit more uncovered. Uh, that... You're not going to bin it again like Yellowstone, are we? No. Nah. There's not going to be another segment of you telling me you don't like something that I love. Oh, no, I'm still going in. Okay, 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 okay. No, you, look, you can't, you can't tarnish this I'm one. Like, I'm, I'm, watch, I'm watching all the Harry Potter. I'm like, come on, man. And we're in lockdown. Don't keep breaking my heart. <laughs> the rest of the city's breaking it as it is. So just in case some people haven't watched Harry Potter or somehow haven't, but, you know, just to keep things on the page... Uh, <laughs> Wizard, finds out he's a wizard. I think one of the greatest tricks they pull, though, is that I would think that if you told me I was a wizard, suddenly what is normal and what is not normal, there is no, there's no ends to the possibilities of what there is. Yes. He keeps an air of, wow, awe. Like everybody, every time something happens, he's like so shocked. Like all of them, all the kids, they're just like, uh, like, you know, someone changes a, um, an animal into a cup or something yeah. like that. And they're just like, gee, whoa. And so it's like, what are you fucking talking about? That's like, you're, you're a wizard. Like everything to you right now should just be like, yeah, right. Like what's the spell? <laughs> like the same as me writing a page in a book. That is nothing to me. Yes. Just, you're just teaching me the process and how to do it. Yeah. By the time he's like senior high school, the excitement should have worn off. It hasn't though. He still keeps it going. It's like the script probably says, yeah, discovers potion and then in brackets shows wonder and awe. Like that's just the guiding note under the script every time Radcliffe got it. Like Harry routinely breaks his glasses and Hermione also routinely fixes them. And every time he's like, whoa, gee, 
can't believe he did that. It's like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, again, it's so easy. Like, like, the world's most flimsy bifocals. Go to OPSM, boy. But also, why are they even breakable? You, mm. You're a wizard. I feel like you've probably figured out how to make unbreakable shit. Yes. All right, so there's a lot, all right, there's a lot of grey in, in these novels and, and movies. So I'm not going to go too deep because it could be here quite a while. So I'm going to bring this back to our realm, which is more uh, the sporting aspect of it. Okay. So they play a game called Quidditch. Yes. Which is sort of ridiculous to explain, but it's effectively two side games, but one of them is not important in the one. You got three on three, four on four playing a variation of handball. Yes. But effectively that score means nothing. They just do that as like side fodder. It's filler. Yeah. To like, because the game doesn't end until another dude catches a little flying around thing. Yes. So that means nothing. Like the, the main game where everyone, and they keep score like everyone's like, oh shit, like oh, 40 to 20 and everyone's like, oh, but it's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know why even like getting yeah. anxious about it. Like they could effectively, I mean, I think that if you still catch the thingy and you get some points and you don't win totally, you don't win. But let's just say not. Yeah. It's, it's like a giant game of footy, but there's a random game of like, Billiards or pool taking place, but that's actually what, but that's actually what matters. Yeah, and if you sink the black ball the right way, you win, and the whole game of footy going on around you is nothing matters. But they're also into it. They 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 activate. Oh, geez, you know, like he's done this. So that's one bit of it. The other bit of it, they've got an umpire who, in, in the first two movies, this is the sort of shit that you've got going on. You've got you've got someone who everybody everybody in the crowd's just gone. Oh, someone's doing a spell on someone like yeah. like everybody everybody acknowledges that it's happening like and then everyone just accepts that the game is there but like it should be rigged yes and they just sort of sit there and go oh yeah yeah cool no worries Hermione who at this point is in day seven of the wizarding school is like first on the case doing shit they've got all these goddamn teachers that were hanging out just like yep mind you the umpire like Where's the umpire in this? Like, no, not even like stopping flag on the play. No, nothing. Just hold it up. <laughs> so there's that bit of it. Yeah, there's a lot of crowd interference in those games now. So that's in two games. In two, and then oh, like yeah, someone's someone's doing spells. Another one. Oh, the part of the side game. There's like a random ball that goes around and tries to take out people. I left that out because it's kind of not really here or there. That's somehow enchanted to also just take out Harry in this instance again. Everybody in the crowd is just like, oh, that's, you know, it's been rigged. It's, you know, someone's done something to it. Game still continues. Like, it's the most, most blatant, obvious, and you're in the wizarding world. So everybody is okay and aware that this shit would be so easy to pull. But they also haven't done any blocking shit on this as well. All right. So that's my bitch about Quidditch being just an absolute fraudulent sport <laughs> that I probably would still watch if it existed. Oh, yeah. You would tune in. It would make the crowd interference entertaining. Yeah. Like what spell is going to come next? But I mean, yeah, it's, it, was, it was just ludicrous. And then the second bit of it was that it sort of took me back to when I was in high school and primary school and we used to have house cups and all that sort of stuff, which now I'm pretty confident that they're effectively redundant because they're all sort of participation-y sort of stuff now. Yeah. Yep. So you just rock up and everybody wins. 
but nobody loses. But in the first movie and the second movie, there's like the, the way the scoring works is liberally some teachers can just go, all right, five points for you, 10 points for you, 10 off, 20 off, and then grand total wins. Yeah. So the three main kids get detention. Yeah. They lose 50 points each. Mm-hmm. So that's just for detention, for being out of their house or some shit. I can't remember now. At the end of the movie, they defeat the all-time ultimate number one bad wizard in the history of existence in the magical world. They beat him. Three kids. Yeah. Do you know how many points they get? How many? They get 50 each and Harry gets 60. So they've lost 150, beaten the greatest wizard of all time, and their net position is plus 10. (laughs) (laughs) And in the grand scheme of things, for the whole tally of the whole thing, the winners, which is them in the end, because they naturally just win, yeah. is like circa three hundred. So these these two, three kids have single out of a school of I don't know. There's fifty, sixty kids. I don't know how many kids there are in each class. Yeah, I know. let's call varies it, based on the camera angle. Yeah, <laughs> Let, let's just call it a hundred in each thing. They've single handedly the greatest driving force on the entire basis of this game. Like. How, how ridiculous and the score's not 300 like they should be flipping out points everywhere <laughs> you know it was pretty bullshit and I didn't like it <laughs> just took it very personally oh I was just like you just can't have these three kids doing like because how pissed off would you be you like had a good day and the teacher's like here mate like yeah you did some good stuff here have a point and you rock <laughs> back up and it's just like oh, what happened oh those fucking three kids they like what like why do I even bother why do I even try when those fuckers are just dropping 150 in a second, mind you, they should have really got 150 billion points at that at that stage for winning. Yeah, like you may as well just say like the game's over for the next eight years because this is a not possible lead to get back up. Yeah, uh, maybe it goes back to your original point of the whole wonder and awe, like when they receive their points at the end for taking out Voldemort. There's just too much wonder and awe instead of. Like what they should have been, which is moody kids going, what? Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Also, next time, put some CCTV cameras in the basement. Didn't you yeah. see? Yeah. Didn't you see the shit we had to do to beat that guy? Yeah. <laughs> All the spells in the world and you are, have very mediocre security on this campus. There's a lot of young kids here. Anyway, that's, that, <laughs> that's, that's my movie update. Yeah. But it is strange. I mean, the world's most giant chess game takes place. It's quite, yeah, there's some obscure shit going on in that film. Oh, that bit I was okay with. It was just the points. Yeah. Well, that's the engineering you coming out. Like the numbers are being fudged, manipulated, not quite accurate, not quite correct. So you can't commit to it. No, that's what they lost me. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the spells or the, the brooms or any of that other shit. Yeah. It was, it was the point system. It was violating the spreadsheet numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really cool comes out of that spreadsheet. Okay. So that, so you love the series though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You Great. Bought into the series. Oh yeah. Are you team, are you a Ron Weasley fan? Like are you a fan of the Weasleys or are you more in, you kind of secretly love the Slytherin games? Like I think Slytherin Malfoys. gets a bad rap. Yeah. I'm sure there's some other good Slytherins. Yeah. Like, you really just focus on those main, well, Draco. But, yeah. you know, you've got to have some even spread. 
Yeah, I did uh, one of these like cheesy online Harry Potter quizzes where they ask you like 30 questions, almost like a personality test, and then it tells you where the sorting hat would put you. Every time I did it, I got Slytherin. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. I feel like the other two houses really don't get nothing though. What is it? Hufflepuff and something else. Uh, Ravenclaw. Yeah, no, who cares? Yeah, they may as well just not even, they may as well fold uh, what South Melbourne style and just go like become part of another one. <laughs> Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw are going to merge and play half their Quidditch home games in Tassie. Yeah, I mean, I mean it could work out well for them. They have a great side. <laughs> a lot of good draft picks coming up. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's it. You know, why don't they get the sorting the sorting hat to sort of like skew the picks? Yeah. I I just, I laugh at, like, I, I think Harry Potter, I won't say super original because we've seen the whole mystical wizard thing before, but the concept of it, whether it was ripped off by other areas or not, it's still a very unique movie franchise. I can't think of anything else like it in that regard, right? Maybe your Narnias get close. But Narnia didn't achieve like those mass scale Hollywood films that were all quality. Yeah, I mean that was like the one before, like that was before all the um, the superheroes and Avengers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, which I would argue not all those films are great. No, all the Harry Potter ones, pretty good. They knock it out of the park for each one, and it got darker too, which is nice. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I loved that. It gets darker. I can't really remember. Is Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings around the same time? Yes. Sort of. Big error for books. Big error for books. Though what I suspect would be a big error for book purchase, not a lot of follow through and completion of books. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like everyone that watched the first season of Game of Thrones and was like, I'm going to totally buy the books. And then within a week, it's very hard to read this. I yeah. can't quite get my head around it. <laughs> then everyone just piled them up on the shelf and waited for the series to come out. Um, the one thing I was going to say, though, is we touched on it a few episodes back around the whole like lack of bad guy originality. And I love that no matter how hard she tried, J.K. Rowling couldn't help but make the Malfoys pretty much like neo-Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> like, Effective. Well, yeah, they are. Like the whole, they have this like SS Aryan vibe going from the get-go. Slick hair, entitled. Yeah. The blonde hair, blue eyes. Yep. Yeah. And like a lot of sort of like uh, they toy with the whole could have been good, but bad upbringing, led astray. They touch on it at all. Wow. Just trying to rise up. <laughs> so you like Potter. So then I guess my next question would be, what's a film or a series that everyone else loves that you kind of secretly hate and wish you could delete off the planet? Like if you had a magic button to remove something from cultural history. I mean, is the easy one like Twilight, that whole thing? (laughs) But I feel like no one would be shocked by that. Yeah, like that's not really a shocking pick. Yeah. I mean, I'd delete it off the planet too. But I will admit to... I'm going to throw myself in here. I will admit to looking at Robert Pattinson in that, in the first one with his little like peacoat Ray-Bans and hair and being like, yeah, he's got some swag, got some (laughs) swag. But they lost me with the whole diamond chest thing and all that shit. You may as well be speaking Chinese to me. Yeah, don't act like you haven't seen no, it. I, but I haven't seen a single second of it. 
Neither have I, just trailers. But <laughs> okay. So then what's the secret shame? Secret shame, as in yeah. I enjoy it. No, or like as in something you would get rid of that other people love that people would find shocking if you deleted it off the planet. Mm, I wouldn't say anything shocking. I mean, I always hate the cash grab film, but who, who like can really stick up for that? Give me an example. Pirates of the Caribbean 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much all of them after the first one. The first, first one or two, they were pretty good. Yeah. But then they realized that they could print money and they were going to print some monies. That's how I feel about the comic book films, the whole Marvel thing. I felt like they made, oh, fuck, who was it 10, 14, 15 bloody movies? You could have just made like four. Yeah, really, they'd, I mean, you've got to build the narrative on all of them. Ugh. Probably get rid of the last Star Wars movies. I mean, I watched them. The new ones? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could happily delete all of them. Except Rogue One. That doesn't count. Yeah. They're not, they're not in the story. Like, they are, but they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'll probably get rid of the new Jurassic Parks. Yes. Uh, again, I'd get rid of all of them except the first one. I just really don't like rehashing shit. Yeah. The new Ghostbusters. What? <laughs> <laughs> the new Men in Black. Oh, just leave it be. Just you sometimes just gotta let it go, guys. Who sat in a room? This is what I want to know. Who sat in a room? Had obviously seen the first Men in Black. As a bare minimum, you would think that the producers have seen the first one. Who looked at it and said this movie had Will Smith and not new weird Will Smith that Jada Pinkett slamming. 20-year-old rappers on the side and you're going on TV and going, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Not that Will Smith. The, Will, the Mike Lowry Will Smith from Bad Boys, Independence Day. It was that Will Smith in that era. You got Tommy Lee Jones, who find me a, a movie that he's been in where you haven't gone, I love this man, even though he's played the same character in every single film. Yep. Someone's looked at that and gone, you know what we need to do or what we can do? Make something cooler than that. Just, I want to meet that person and slap them. Well, even Men in Black, what, two and three, which was still Will Smith. Yeah. They were still cash grabs. Well, the only good thing about two was they had Michael Jackson do a cameo as an alien. Really? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Like this video darling where he, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why you know that. (laughs) Well, what else would you get rid of? You've just killed the Avengers series. It's controversial. Frozen. That's not that controversial. <laughs> Anything that is a musical, I would delete all of them off the planet, except for Greece. Define musical. Like The Greatest Showman, see you later. Moulin Rouge, see you later. So any movie that... Breaks into unnecessary song. Yes. I almost seem to hate films that are happy. And I feel like musical theatre is the epitome of trying to be happy. Fair point. Yeah. Might be controversial to certain communities. It's all right. Yeah, you just nuked an entire category of film genre. <laughs> we meant to stick into one, but yeah, I went hard on all. Okay, so then who's an actor or an actress that you would delete? 
anybody not Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. There's just some, again, there's a lot of actors I don't like because they always play the stupidest role. Like, I hate roles they play. Yeah. Like, don't me wrong, I love Paul Rudd, but geez, I hate Paul Rudd. In some of the shit he does. Like, he's so good, but he's like, he's so brutal sometimes and it kills yeah, me. He's so cringy in certain roles. But he's like, I still love him, but just sometimes I'm like, just don't be as you. Yeah. It's, uh, you know who I'm like that with? Seth Rogen. Yeah. Because like, they just make him always do the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> just so cringe. And yet I love so many movies that he's been in. Yeah. It really is that. They, must be hard if you're a genuine actor who's done, you know, you do three or four films of that similar character and then that's it. Yeah. You're really going to go outside the normal to, to really change it up. Well, that's why Jonah Hill did such a great job. Jonah Hill was able to go and actually pivot away from that sort of like cheese dicky 25-year-old lads in a share house smoking weed, watching porn kind of vibe that he was pulling all the time. Tell you what, who had a good change? Zach Efron. Like, early doors. He was in your genre that was getting nuked. But he's kind of a dude who you can't, like... Can't dislike him. Can't dislike him. And and you're like... See, but High School Musical deleted out of my fucking brain. But 17 again, I'd put a poster up on the wall. Proudly. Oh, yeah, it's... But And then, like, he's super ripped all the time and that kind of stuff. And you're just like... He should hate you, but just don't, because it's just funny. <laughs> well, apparently he's going to move to Australia. He's going to? Yeah, like permanently live in Australia. I can sign up for that. So, Insta Influencer Girls of Bondi, get yourselves ready. <laughs> Summer on the prowl. Zacky boy is in town. Oh, what, what a time to be alive. <laughs> time to be alive. Lockdown, who cares? Zac Efron is moving to Australia. All right, Cordo, so we've touched on Zach and his abs that have been shaped like mine. <laughs> so so we probably better talk about some sport. Yes. So apologies to all who are not AFL fiends, but AFL is kind of what we've got at the moment, so that's what we're steering into the skid with. It is. So it's been a bit of an interesting week, as it seems to be, because I don't know what round we're in. I don't know who's playing what. Yeah. I know that I won on a multi the other night. Yeah. Um, which is great. Yeah. But then I think I lost on another one because the game was a different time and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But still, it's all happening. That's the summary. Okay. So, do you want to start talking about the man who's entrenching himself as the emperor? Eddie or Gil? We'll go with Eddie. Okay. Uh, yeah. So... The gift that keeps on giving. I can, <laughs> and for those who obviously can't see uh, Cordo, he just loves it. He loves the fact that every week without, without a, like, like a true breeze going due east, Eddie will do something to throw himself right into the thick of it. So for those of you who are not aware, uh, Eddie basically called out the whole uh, partners in quarantine and in the bubbles and that, you know, the second they stuff up, they should uh, actually get sent back because it's bigger than them. They're not on holidays. They're there because the AFL Players Association said this is what needs to be done for us to play. They've all got to come. So this is all the back of uh, Cochin's wife 
going to a day spa. Yes. <laughs> and putting it on social media. Goodness, we'll come back to that because that's a side story. Yeah. But he was basically like, put them back on the plane, they're done. Not mere hours later, <laughs> yeah. Buckley was in his own situation where he went to play tennis, which sounds very innocuous, but it was with someone who was not in the bubble. So he already, so Collingwood also got fined for this, instantly breached the same thing that Eddie was preaching so hard and now has whipped the ute into reverse so hard that I think he ripped the gearbox out that I don't think he even uses the clutch anymore. I think he just, he's going to let that vehicle die. But again, like, can he help himself? Like, uh, I just, yeah. What do you say? I mean, I feel like I want to just send a message out to Eddie. Eddie, if you're listening, I doubt you are. The walls of your house in Turak are too high to get our broadcast signal coming in. You're on a different kind of internet to what we're on. You probably don't even know what Spotify is. You are such a wonderful gift in this turbulent time. Because every time I think, wow, Victoria is doing it tough. Things are getting harder. What's life going to look like in coming months? You stick your foot so far down your fucking mouth <laughs> that you make me smile. I, I cannot make it up. Hire a PR company. Gag yourself. Just do something. Or don't. And keep making a complete ass of yourself every week because it's amazing to watch. He's weekly a car crash. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what else he... Like, at this point, he just doesn't learn from his own mistakes. No, I mean, this is a man, he hosted the footy show, and look, let's be frank, we all loved it at one point in time. We all enjoyed it, the classic days of Trevor Marmalade and Billy Brown listened doing their thing, and Eddie was good as a host. For some reason, he was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. He still is on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. No one will ever be able to convince me nor give me the information to understand why he continues to do that role on TV. He's been a senior leader at Channel 9 on and off for however long. He's been the Collingwood president. He does all these amazing things. So clearly he knows his shit. The one thing he cannot do is just keep his mouth shut when he's supposed to. (laughs) The one thing he has not mastered in a man that has mastered many crafts is keeping his mouth shut. Uh, It's just just amazing to watch. Yeah. Both of us are stumbling for words because it's actually hard to encapsulate just how farcical it's all been. You do have a little bit of a, you've got a bit of a hunch as to why he does it though, don't you? Well, I suspect that, I suspect, it could just be sheer chance or luck. A part of me wonders if he is throwing himself at the mercy of the firing squad to deflect from the fact that his club is doing a very, very mediocre job. And I I mean both on-field and off-field. There's no better way to distract the press than putting yourself at the front and doing and making a big song and dance about shit because Collingwood apparently bucks and stuff when they found they were busted playing tennis with other people apparently as soon as they registered during the game or straight after they went and told everyone told the AFL so they fessed up but Eddie still made his comments and continued to so there's a part of me going did he really not know like was it really a Oh, she should be sent home. Hangs up his phone to a Herald Sun journal and then literally gets a call three minutes later. Or is it 
you think the fact that they got absolutely thumped by West Coast. Correct. Uh, just take a look, you know, the golden boy Buckley, he can't, you know, protect protect the back page saying he should be done and he's wasted a good list again. Yeah, because he's already been fighting with Lloydie on footy classified or whatever it was, again, about demanding, like, players be accountable, this, that, the other. And he copped a lot of flack for that. But he seems to have just doubled down on being the mouthpiece. So I'm trying to go, what is what is your gain from doing this? Do you deflect from things like the club being in, having to do a review on the way they help, uh, dealt with racism, for example? Are you doing stuff like this to make yourself the front and centre of it to try and shade all of that into the background? A little more sinister, but he's a smart guy. So he's either the dumbest dude in the world when it comes to media and PR. Or he's playing chess. Yeah. Like, what were you saying? Like Star Wars reference. Yeah, he's 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 doing moves that we don't even know are moves yet. Yeah, nobody knows a game that we're even playing. So you think he's doing the whole like Vader going into his room and he's got some Sith Lord somewhere else that he's reporting back to? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's that whole thing. What about uh, old mates at Richmond? The Cochins. The Cochins. They've had an ordeal. An ordeal. Yes. I feel like everyone has an ordeal. When's my ordeal? It's just, it, it'll come when you apparently do something where you're totally unable to read the room, which what? is what the Cochins managed to do last week by posting photos at a day spa when you're meant to be not leaving the hub. And the season is, what was it, $250 million the AFL will lose if the season isn't completed and gets shut down? I feel like they use the lines a little bit like doing it tough. Like, when you're doing it tough after you fuck up, that's just called, like, just say you fucked up. Yes. <laughs> I, fuck, I always hate that line. Oh, like their statement? Like, oh, we're oh, doing it you tough. Know, it's, yep. You know, we're banding together. Like, it's, you know, really a bit of family time. It's like, you fucked up. Just yeah. accept it. We're just, like, I'm really trying to come to terms with the fact that I had actually used the voucher code uh, on their <laughs> website, so I wasn't able to get my full uh, dollar's worth. I had to pay... Full price as well. A guy lost his job. <laughs> Full price. <laughs> That's the real crime here. I wonder if what we're seeing from the Richmond fellas this year is a little bit of that whole when you get success, you start to lose a bit of perspective from the world around you. I told you, I still maintain Richmond want the season done. Yeah. They can just maintain the premiership. Yeah. Just pull the pin. Whoa. Start again next year. Styles guys can't happen. Yeah. Like our bad. Yeah. Why would we want to play eight weeks in Queensland when next year we can play eight weeks in a row in Melbourne? You know, Rance's, Rance's checks, like they stop. We get a little bit more money in the cap. <laughs> you know, it's all starting to come up, Richmond. I also loved, uh, well, the other thing that I found unbelievable is then Mitch Cleary, the AFL journalist, he retweeted, uh, her post. Is it Brooke Cutchin? I forgot her name. Trent's wife. She put the photo up and a bunch of people started to jump on it. And he's then like retweeted it in the whole like putting this up, blah, blah, blah. Just awareness. He got stood down by the AFL for a day for doing that. The AFL loves to say that their AFL journos are independent of the AFL, that it's an independent shop. Clearly not. 
Uh, I think <laughs> I think that's been debunked pretty easily there. Yeah. And then Damien Barrett's tried to arc up and have a dig at people and get all defensive about it. Tim Watson's basically come out and just had an absolute ping at him. So it's great. They're all just going after each other now. Everyone's just falling apart. Maybe we're just all under so much pressure in lockdown that we're all just going nuts. It's not a great look though, but they're not even... The thing is they made him do like a an apology. It's like that classic like just say you're sorry, but everyone can see that it's not even a... Yeah. It's like That's like the copy-paste like... Oh, I see that I've made a really bad mistake and an error. Yeah. What everyone's doing now when they're getting busted for like, you know, you sexually harassed me at a comedy club 17 years ago and they're all coming forward and doing those very disingenuous, I'm very sorry for my behavior. I'm really trying to work on it and grow as a person. Those kind of statements. Yeah. My, my thoughts weren't aligned with the AFL brand at the time and I'm sorry to have gone off the path and I'll work on this. Yeah. Or like, remember Johnny Depp and Amber Heard when they got busted with the dogs and they did that weird video? I haven't, I haven't, that's a whole nother. That's cringe. It felt like there were like ASIO agents with handguns like just off camera pointing straight at them. They're, they're a nuclear bomb. Every, every now and then I see it's like a little news grab on what the shit that's going on over there. Yeah. If you want a great day. Um, for all the people who are looking for something to do on the weekend, just Google it. Yeah. And you are going to be in for one hell of a ride. They are both racing to the bottom. Oh. In the public forum. Yeah. All guns blazing. Oh, it's, a, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, dear. But speaking of our other sports courts. Yeah. The big one that, to be honest, it started last week. But I'm going to be honest, it's fantastic. Well, from my perspective, the NBA bubble. Yes. They've done arguably a really good job of just the vibe, the feel. But the big one is that the players are just on. Like they are focused. Yeah. Like they have not dropped off at all. If anything, they're, they're more on. Yeah. I, it's, it looks like everyone's hungry. Maybe like they... Because of the format, everybody feels like they're a sniff too. And maybe just being locked up. Everyone's just like a caged animal let out. So I had a a couple of questions for you because I had a bit of a theory about this. Oh, like last week's theory. That stumped, that blew my mind for days. Like I've always got a theory. Okay, this is good. I'm excited. Do I get a theme song? Yeah, well, well, I'll come up with one. I might edit one in after we finish recording this. So let's just act like you say your title of this section and I'll put a theme song to it. All right, this, all right, to be prim- I'll probably back up. It's not like a real hard theory, but it's a good theory. Well, hang on. I'll give you an intro. AP's theories. So the bubble, I think specifically for NBA, it is an absolute godsend. So NBA is probably one of the few sports and basketball in general. We, it's really that one-on-one, like, mano-y-mano, woman-y-mano, all that sort of stuff where it's like, I can take that guy. That's very NBA. AFL never has that. Yeah. Ice hockey, not so much. Like, really, all these team sports never really have that one guy, like, how would he, how would he beat him in pickup? Yeah. The bubble, I think, has amplified that even more. Because they're in this bubble, they're hanging out, a lot. they've got nothing else to do. All they're doing is playing basketball. All they do is practice. All they do is play. They're looking across other courts. Like, they're not close because obviously got their some restrictions in. 
But for the most part, they can actually look across and see other teams practicing. They're in this big basketball, like, it's all happening. And basketball being basketball, it is one-on-one. So I think the bubble is the best thing to happen for basketball because of that tone. So my question to you was, if you could be in a sport bubble, and what, like, because the AFL at the moment, it's not really a bubble. It's like a circus traveling show that's going around. And, yeah. you know, they you know they cut to a, a team training by themselves and they're just like, oh, yeah, playing around. They're not like actively like doing hard, you know, they're sharing a football field and they're sitting there and, you know, someone's going, oh, nice kick, Patrick. Yeah, she's oh, he's lacing there. I'm going to lace mine out harder and lower and faster. What ones do you think? What other sports do you think would be prime for activating a bubble. Yeah. Well, my immediate thought was a sport where they've kind of already in the past publicized a bubble kind of setup. And that's the UFC with the ultimate fighter show where they shove the fighters in a mansion for however many weeks, months. And there's that whole kind of knockout style to get the ultimate fighter. And that's worked a treat because every night or episode without fail, there's always some guy that gets on the gas and shit just kicks off in the house. There's some classic like, what the fuck did you say to me, man? What'd you say to me, man? You want to go, bro? You want to go, bro? Like, there's a lot of that. But it works out well too because in that and like UFC, because like, you can see him training and like yeah. if they're hitting a dude out, you can see someone else look and be like, geez, that dude's laying heat. Yeah. Like that dude, I need to, I need to pick it up. Yeah. It always happens. So there'll be like a fighter that does some amazing knockout. And then there's some upstart uh, sort of arrogant alpha who in the next episode always sort of tries to call them out and goes, I've seen that knockout, but I've got an answer for it. Like there's always that kind of, yeah, you, they're training next to each other and they, there's that deluded sense of I can combat his, we- his weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I think something else, I mean, for a laugh, you could do a tennis one. And I could just send everyone to Novak's room for his DJ party, knowing that they'd all get COVID. <laughs> and then I would inadvertently Stephen Bradbury the tournament. Um, another sport that I think would be sick to do it is one that's traditionally quite calm. Do you know what I mean? So like something that's super calm, super chilled, where we don't really get to see what the people are like, sort of outside the product. And that would be Formula One. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Cause you kind of see the drivers and they're kind of there's but there's that real kind of Hollywoody rock starry. You don't really know them in any way, shape, or form. Mm. But you've got some cranky mother like cranky yeah. dudes in form. Like Kimi Raikkonen, the Finnish driver. He's notorious. Like he's again, uh if I get a chance, I'll put some links up on our website. People get out and just Google like Kimi Raikkonen where his team will be like, Kimi, you need to pull in the next. Yeah, just shut up and leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. Like guys like that compressed in one space, one track, and it's just constant and just see who breaks. Yes. that Now that would be really good. But put them in go-karts. So take all their tech away as well. All right. So that's the first bit of the question. Okay. The second bit of the question is, if you could put yourself in a bubble yeah, to level up. Because I'm always thinking of it. It's also a little bit of a flashback to a film, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Where, for those who haven't seen it, see it. The, this isn't a, a plug for the third movie, which is coming out, but it is. Um, 
they their whole career is built around how they shred guitars and the whole thing is them building towards being shredding guitarists. They hit a point where they've got to hit a concert and they actually don't know how to play because they haven't spent all the time practicing. <laughs> they spent all the time planning how they're going to be rock stars. Long story short, they've got a time machine and they, they spend 12 months or two years in isolation becoming rock gods. So it's sort of the similarish for the bubble. But if I was to put you into a bubble for six months yeah. with some other weapons in a chosen field, so sporting or non-sporting, yeah. where do you think you'd put yourself? Oh, with my current sort of physical attributes or can I? I'll give you some, but you can. Like, can I be 26 versus now <laughs> so I can still run? Yeah, I'll allow that. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's just say that I can run. I've, I've not let myself go. All right, you're, you're, if, you, if you're picking an, a sport yeah. to go in, um, I'm allowing you to pick a sport. Otherwise, I would have just had to go and put me in like an eSports bubble because it's the only thing where I think I can <laughs> obtain the skills <laughs> with my current so ability. It also doesn't just have to be sports. You could pick something else. I know you could go to... I, don't know, I can't think of one right now because I'm asking the question so I don't have to do the thinking. Well, if it doesn't have to be sport, I'd do like an American Idol bubble. I mean, they already are kind of a little bit of a bubble, but I mean like a real bubble. Where we're all in a warehouse for like three months, <laughs> just competing with each other for a record contract. Do you think after the first or second person you met, you realize that you don't have a great backstory like the other 7,000 contestants? I would invent one. Like I'd be, I don't know my parents, so I'm an orphan. I've had multiple serious illnesses. Uh, my best friend was my dog who was tragically struck by a car whilst on my way to my first uh, live show. So I then had a bad performance and gave up music for eight years. Then as an unemployed person, I was given a part-time job as a janitor at a nightclub. And whilst cleaning the bathrooms at like 3am one morning, the owner heard me singing, like echoing down the hallway and decided, who's that voice of that angel? And then chose to encourage me to audition, and I'm now thus in the bubble, competing for a recording contract. Bit, good. Of, bit of goodwill hunting in that. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I was yeah, I was nearly about to go. I'm from Boston. Uh, yeah, some people think I'm a genius. Uh, sometimes I just do equations on the walls while I'm uh, singing. Now, if I'm being serious, to put myself in a bubble. Okay, so I'd go, yeah, I'm going to go off script. I'd go into a Netflix bubble. And what I mean by that is Netflix have come and said, 10 writers and directors, we're putting you in a bubble. There's $100 million. The best script idea director gets their show made. Guaranteed three seasons on Netflix. So I'd be in there with famous directors and stuff, but I'd be using those six months to just literally steal, pilfer, and borrow all of their great pieces. So in this instance of, is it peak, some peak guys in there? Yeah. A couple of heat checks? Yep. Nolans? Yep. I like it. Ridley? And even a bit of it, like even if you don't succeed, you just like completely, like you're leveling up. Yeah, I'm networked to the hilt. Like you don't come out of there and you're like, oh, I don't even know how to like hold a camera. <laughs> like, no, exactly. Um, yeah, at a bare minimum, I can get a gig as a cameraman in Queensland for the AFL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your guy for off-centre wobbly camera work at minimum wage. Oh, I don't know, man. You're still a little bit too straight. 
Can you wobble that up a bit more? Can you miss the key bit of the action? Oh, watch this. <laughs> or a producer who does too many replays of contentious umpiring decisions in the little highlights clips they roll at the end of the quarters and then get sacked because I've compromised the AFL brand. Yeah, you can't be showing that. No. They don't want to see that. No, they do not want to see that at all. Yeah, that would be my thing. So then I'd be working on my script and just trying to procure their like their skills and see how they do it. Yeah. Just- it's it's literally like it is that NBA move. Like you're sitting there watching Nolan perfect his one-legged fadeaway. Yeah. And he's got um Hans Zimmer in his back pocket doing his composing. And you're like, yo, Hans, what do you what would you you know, what do you do over this? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a B flat. Chuck a B flat in there. Yeah. I would end up doing like a switcheroo with his script, like the night before the big presentation. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, everyone just brings out envelopes and I do a switcheroo and I pull his out and I'm like, right, it's called Spectatron. And it's about someone who's subconscious becomes an Avenger for a city, but then in World War II rescues a bunch of people but then wakes up and then his subconscious is active. Follow my drift. And they'll be like, oh, wow, it sounds amazing. I'm like, I'm thinking of putting Matthew McConaughey in it. <laughs> but you're not Nolan. They'd go, no, hey, no, I'm not really buying it. And you're like, no, Nolan but- could come in and say the exact same thing. And they'd be like, yes. No, because we'd, he and I would be left in the Eliminator tournament. So it's just me and him. He'd then go to do his, but he wasn't in the room because you do the pitch individually, not together. So he then opens the envelope to pull out his material. And it's not his. And he, yeah, it's not his. I've done a switcher and he's like, men in black four. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, he's British. I haven't heard it. But he, men in black four. Uh, um, uh, uh, hold on one minute, please. And I've got him. <laughs> and then they're very like, Christopher, you really should have prepared for this. I like it. Yeah. Complete load of garbage that I've just put out there but if you followed me on the journey but i mean now you've got a you know netflix deal for three series yeah exactly and then just to spite all of you i'd make the last dance part two (laughs) (laughs) see i knew i'd find a way to work the last dance into this episode Uh, also caught i'd like to give a quick shout out to joe uh who actually donated to us so yes a very shocking uh, and B, I do also hope that Jojo, who actually had some ACL surgery, she does recover. So hopefully it wasn't too drug-induced that she's decided to send us a few dollars. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening in, folks. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in in these strange, strange times. It's nice that we are able to still uh, find a way to get together under these odd circumstances and uh, do our best to talk on the ongoing things around the world and pop culture and sports but uh, we appreciate everyone's listen as Cordo it's been a pleasure don't forget folks you can find us on www.thesidelines.com.au oh big yeah that's straight up ABN registered domain and you can uh, check us out on Instagram at the sidelines media and you can find us on Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts or all the episodes are at our website we appreciate you all take care folks Thanks, guys.